Well, listen, before I get into my message, I want uh, Nico Virgil to come out here for a moment. Nico, come on out here. Uh, Good morning. Nico. It's Nico. It's Nico. So, uh, so some of you guys, you guys know, a lot of you know Nico. Uh, Nico's actually doing a pastoral internship here with me. And uh, yeah, they're really cool. And so, so uh, you know, there's something that's going on that I want to let you know about. We um, have just been responding to something that it seems like God is doing, where we just have a lot like, God's just moving among a lot of the young adults in our church in just a great way. We've just seen with Nico, his wife Kenya, Lewis, others, who just are really feeling like a call of God on their life and, and thinking about ministry. And, and uh, uh, you know, you might know, like, Charles and I have been doing this, like, preaching kind of workshop. And, and so last June, we had New Communicators Sunday. You got to hear from Nico and some other people. And so, so in response to that, we had this sense, it's just kind of this thing that, that God kind of put on our hearts to start a new service. And it's going to start next Sunday night at 5 o'clock. Now, the name of the service, it's Hype in the Kingdom. Now, that name, you know, Nico kind of came with that name. And I said, listen, for us old people, like, hype means something different. And uh, so I told him what it kind of means for us. And he said, oh, no, no, that's not what it means to my generation. Hype means like joy and excitement. And I'm like, all right, I'm the old guy. I'm going to get out of the way. And if hype in the kingdom is what it is, then hype in the kingdom is what it is. And so, um, so it's going to be a service that is, uh, that's for, it's going to be, I'm going to be here, but I'm going to be in the back. They're not going to let me anywhere near the stage, though I'm trying to, I'm going to see if they're going to let me rap a little bit because I... <laughs> They're not. They're not. They've said I'm not allowed. I'm so disappointed. And my rap ministry is just going to have to wait. But at some point, because I got flow, I got game. So I, you know, I don't know. At some point, I don't know. But, um, but anyway, so this is going to be a service that's like led by young adults and worship by young adults. And, and, uh, and Nico's going to do the preaching and the welcome team and ministry team and everything else is going to be these young adults. I'm, I'm guiding. We're meeting on a regular basis, kind of talking everything through. And the, the hope is that the hope is that God is doing, I'm just seeing God do something in this generation, that this would be an opportunity for people who wouldn't maybe normally find their way to what we do here on Sunday morning, you know, have a little bit of a different feel, some more, you know, different kind of beat, different kind of, different kind of deal. Maybe they'll let me rap one of these days. I don't know. I'm not counting on it. But, uh, but we just think that God is really going to do something special. So it's going to start next week. Uh, five o'clock right here in the church and it's going to be a monthly service to start but really the hope and vision is that maybe this is something that'll that'll turn into weekly and we're just going to kind of see what god is going to do so with all that nico tell us tell us what it is you're excited about with this well we're definitely excited for all the youngins to come through and be able to worship freely um that they could just break the expectations of what they thought church was going to be like, because we're trying to reach people who don't know anything about Jesus or have maybe been hurt by the church, by their parents that, that maybe have always proclaimed Jesus to them, but show them a different thing. And we want them to know that they have a name, that they have a home, that, that we're here for them as well, that, that they have a community. And that's what we're trying to grow, uh, a community with, with others. Okay. So, so tell us a little bit, how is it, it going to feel different from like what we're doing right now? Well, it's definitely going to feel different because it's going to have like a chill urban hip-hop type feel to it. Wait, I don't bring the urban hip-hop feel? What? <laughs> I'm so hurt. I mean, I'm not saying, like, the morning service is not cool. I'm not saying that. You feel me? Like... So, uh, right, so, and tell us, like, 
like, what's on your heart for it? Like, what's the target? What do you, what do you have? What's the expectation you have about what God's going to do? Well, I definitely expect um, late teens, 20s, and early 30s to come through. And I expect for all of my friends, their friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to come through and, and meet that one person that we got to meet. Because all the people that are serving and, and leading in this ministry and the hype in the kingdom are all, like, people 20 years old. Like, most of them are really, like, most of us are pretty young, like, in our 20s. One of us is 19, and he's, like, phenomenal. Lewis. But, yeah, that's my boy Lewis over there in the back. But, yeah, um, we definitely want to see all of our friends um, see Jesus because we know what they're going through because we've been through that already. And we just, Amen. we've seen something new, and we want to give others what we've seen. And, and that's, that's really the bottom line we okay. want to do. And so we're, listen, we're excited about this. I, I honestly, it always, every step of the way, it's just felt like something that God is doing. Like when, Definitely. when me, I, I went on this ministry trip and I brought Nico and Kenya with me and I said, hey guys, what would we think about something like this? And they were like that, you know, they just like lit up, like we've been thinking about that. And, and when Nico talked to Maite, who led worship this morning, she's like, God has been speaking to me about something like that. And it just seems there's a lot of that, like we're stumbling yeah. on something that God is doing. And so we want to support it as a church. You know, we're going to pray. Uh, you know, if you're old, we're gonna, we're not gonna come. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna be in the back. I'm not allowed. There's like a restraining order. I'm not allowed anywhere near the stage. But, uh, but we want to pray. We want to let like your kids know about it. We want to let your like nieces, nephews, just this, because again, we think that this is something that God's going to do. And we also, we want to learn as a church and we want to be a church because the Bible says that God is faithful from generation Mm -hmm. to generation. And I know that God is, you know, the whole Gen Z, whatever we want to say, there's struggles, there's challenges, but there's a faithful God who's reaching out to that generation. And we want to be spiritual mothers and fathers as a church that bless what God is doing and, and, and guide what God, and speak into it, but just let God do what he's going to do in and through the next generation. And so with that, let's pray for Nico, let's pray for the leaders, let's pray for this ministry, because I think there's just a real sense that we're stumbling into something here that God is up to. And so, Lord God, we thank you for Nico. We thank you for Kenya. God, we thank you for all the other leaders that have been, that have been assembled and what you're, God, what you're doing. And so, God, we just pray for your anointing. God, we pray that for your, for your leadership and your guidance and your strength to be poured out on Nico as he's preaching next Sunday, God. May he do it. It may be a demonstration of your power. God, bless everything that's happening. And I just pray in Jesus' name that you would protect Lord Nico and all the other leaders. God, that as they step out to serve you, that you would keep them safe from, the, from the, the, the arrows that the enemy wants to send. And God, we just pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would pour out your spirit on this ministry and that we would see, Lord, in the years to come, hundreds, even thousands of kids who would discover who you are in the life that's only available through you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. All right. Amen. So Thank you, guys. Next Sunday night at 5 amen. o'clock. All right. Well, here we are. We got, let's see, this is the Sunday after Labor Day. And so for me, it's always felt, you know, all through the years, that this is kind of the beginning of our year in a way, because, you know, we're like, we're all back from vacation and everybody's in school and, and it's, it's, it's opening day for the NFL. I don't know if that means that we got Peyton Manning here in the front row. I see that. But, uh, you know, I've got, I'm a huge football fan. I got two growth tracks today. I've got the English one and the Spanish one. I'm not going to get home till like five o'clock, like the games are going to be over, but that's all good. It's all for Jesus. It's all good. But, 
But, you know, I, I, I've always said that when I take my time off in the summer, and I took this year, I took August off, like I come back with a sense of expectation. I come back with a sense of excitement. I always have, but I've felt like this year it's been different. Like this year, coming back in, I was just kind of, all right, like, let's go. Like, what, you know, what is God going to do? And even like during worship the, just, just now, God was reminding me, stirring stuff up. And I just got this real sense of expectation because I think over the last few years, we as a church and we as individuals, we've gone through a lot. You know, I mean, not, you know, to revisit it, but we went through a lot to get this building. And then once we finally got this building and got everything set up, then we had this thing happen called COVID. And so, like, literally, as soon as it was all done, we couldn't use it because of COVID, and we had to pivot, and we had to deal with there was so much suffering that went on in this church and that we all dealt with. And, and so we're trying to kind of rebuild, trying to figure stuff out. And it just feels like right now, okay, we are, God has established us in the land. We're here. We're in this building. We're good to go. And, and it feels, too, like with COVID, that things have turned a corner a little bit, that we're not dealing with some of the same limitations that we've been dealing with. And in the midst of all that, you know, I think we have an incredible opportunity, you know, but we're aware that this kind of cultural moment that we're in, there's a lot going on, and one of the things that's going on that I'm sure you're aware of, I'm sure you've seen, is there really is like, there's like a hardness that's in a lot of people when it comes to Jesus and it comes to the gospel. You see it on, you know, you see it on social media, you see it on TikTok, you see it in all sorts of ways. There are a lot of people who just kind of think what's wrong with, you know, the world is historic Christian faith. And it's the Christians who, and, you know, listen, you guys know kind of where I'm coming from in this. I feel that a lot of times Christians don't help with that in the way that we've kind of blurred the lines between faith in Jesus and politics and what I would say is not a helpful way. You know, we've kind of contributed to that. So there's a lot of people where there's a hardness, kind of we're seeing that in our culture kind of deepen. But at the same time, with everything that's going on from, you know, dealing with the pandemic and, and issues of, of racial injustice and, and realizing there's, there's so much political division and there seems to be so much more anger that, that's kind of surfacing in our culture and, and there's inflation and there's, there's, you know, geopolitical realities that are kind of scary when you think about Russia and China and other things. There, I feel like there's so many people who've gone through the last couple of years just, just really aware that, like, something's missing. Something's wrong. There's the, the sand. Everything's just kind of shifting. And so I believe that while there's some hardness, there's also an openness to the gospel. That there's a lot of people who are looking and searching for something because as darkness increases, right, the light shines brighter. And so I think we're coming into a season where we're going to see lots of people give their life to Jesus. I think we're going to see lots of people get baptized. I think we're going to come up with new ways to, to serve the community around us and demonstrate the love of Jesus. I think that we're going to raise up more leaders. I think this, this 40 days campaign that we have coming up, 40 days of love, where we realize as a community, what does it mean for us to love one another more deeply as we love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? They'll know that we're Christians. They'll know that we follow Jesus by our love. And so I think that there's these great opportunities. And let me just say this just kind of real quick. Um, when it comes to our campaign, 
Uh, there might be some of you, we've got about 30 some odd groups that we're going to have, but I'm hoping that all of you are going to find your way to a group, so maybe we could use a few more. And if there's anyone here who has just wondered if maybe they would want to lead a life group or see what that's like, the campaign is a great time to do that because you don't have to kind of come up with what you're going to teach and what you're going to do. We give you booklets, there are videos, there's a lot of guidance in how to facilitate it. And so if you've wondered about it, there's still time Charles is going to be at a table uh, at the end of the service. Pastor Charles is the one who just, just uh, you saw him in the video announcements. And you can, you can ask questions about it. You can talk with him about it. You can, he'll have a booklet for you so you can kind of see what the material is going to be. And so if you're wondering about it, just, uh, just go out and have a conversation with him and we'll see what's up. And uh, the other thing too, I don't, want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on this, but this whole hype in the kingdom thing... I really feel like we've stumbled onto something. I think that this is something that it just feels like, oh, this isn't like a new ministry we're trying to do for whatever. It feels like something that God is doing, something that God has been kind of laying the groundwork for. And we, you know, Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. And, and so, you know, I'm not saying there's going to be a thousand kids there, you know, on the first night. But I think that as we just go like step by step and step by step, if this is something God is doing, we're going to see it have a really great impact. And so with all that, with all that I think that's ahead of us, all that I think God wants to do, all that we've been through, the way he's strengthened our faith and the way he's prepared us, the way that he's like, he's toughened us up, you know? I mean, all the stuff that we've dealt with is just putting more grit in us so I think that we can come into everything that God has for us. But with that, there is an invitation that we have to lean more into the Holy Spirit. Right, Because the things that are before us, the things that God wants to do, we're not going to be able to do it in our own strength. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so what I want to talk about today is what does it mean for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean for us to come into everything God has for us? What, what would our lives look like if we're filled in, a, in just a, a deep and powerful way with the Spirit of God? And so, so the title of my message this morning is just very simply, Come Holy Spirit. And so let me start with kind of the classic Holy Spirit passage. It's from Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And so this is after Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And so the disciples are gathered. They were told to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And so then the Holy Spirit came. And it says this in verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And for any theological geeks out there, you know that the, symbol, the, the symbolism of this is powerful because in the Old Testament, when there was the tabernacle or the temple, the presence of God would come in a pillar of fire to be over the tabernacle. But now that the Spirit is poured out, there are tongues of fire over the heads of individuals because now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is doing a new thing. And so all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the Holy Spirit came through, this mighty rushing wind, and, and so they were filled, and they were, spiritual gifts are happening, and so they spill out of this upper room that they're gathered in, and it's the Feast of Pentecost that's going on in Jerusalem. So that meant there were thousands, hundreds of thousands of pilgrims who had come uh, with the diaspora, the Jewish diaspora, they would spread all out, they would come back to Jerusalem for Pentecost. And so the city, the streets are filled with people. 
And so the early church, they spill out and they start preaching the gospel. And God gives some of them the ability because there's people coming from all over the place where they can communicate the gospel in languages that they don't even know. And so God is moving and God is working and there's a huge crowd and there's tumult and there's excitement. And I love that, that the crowd, as they're watching all this, it says in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? And so what does it mean for us to be full of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean for us to be baptized, to be immersed with the Holy Spirit? Does it mean that we're going to get weird? Right? Does it mean that we're going we're to take our, you know, usually our services are about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. Does it mean we're going to start having four-hour services? Does it mean that we're going to be like, hey, we got a special room in the back where we keep the snakes? And you can, you know, you can, you can be a snake handler. Does it mean that, like, we're going to change the way that we talk? And, and like, when I say Jesus, it's a two-syllable word, but I'm going to start making it a five-syllable word, kind of like, Jesus, you know? Does, that, does it mean we're going to get, does it mean we're going to get weird? Does it mean, you know, is that what it means? Well, Jesus told us exactly what it means. He told us exactly what it means, exactly what we can expect when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And where we see it is in, is in uh, John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Because Jesus had this conversation with his disciples the night that he was arrested, right before he went to the cross. He's gathered with the disciples, and all of the Gospels talk about him introducing the Last Supper, and this is my body, this is my blood broken for you. Tells us about him kind of calling out Judas as the one who's going to betray. But they had a really deep conversation about what to expect when the Holy Spirit comes. And we find that conversation in the Gospel of John. And so what I want to do this morning, just very simply, to kind of demystify and to kind of explain what happens when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, is talk about five things that I'm able to see from that conversation that we can expect. And so I'm just going to kind of go through these five things, and then at the end of this service, we're going to have a time for us to respond and to say, come Holy Spirit. And I got to tell you, we just did it at 9.30 and it was, God showed up. It was a powerful time. And I have every confidence he's going to do it again. And then we're going to gather again on Friday night after praying for another week. And we're going to have a Holy Spirit night. And we're going to say, come Holy Spirit. And so how do we get ready for everything that I think is gonna, God's going to do? So if you have the app, you can open up the notes. I've got fill in the blank notes with all the Bible passages. You can check it out. But here are the five things that Jesus Jesus said will happen if we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, because in John 14, 16, let me back up a second. Jesus said this. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Now, the Greek word for advocate is the word paraclete, the word for the Holy Spirit. And, and if you read different Bible verses, what I just read is that the New International Version, it says advocate. The King James says something else. The, the New American Standard says something else. The New Living Translation says something else because it's one of those Greek words that has a lot of different shades of meaning. So you find words like, like advocate or counselor, or comforter, or helper, or encourager. And because it's, it's a very nuanced word, but what they all have in common is that the Holy Spirit, the relationship we can have with the Holy Spirit, is a relationship with someone who's going to come alongside of us to help us. That's what it means. That's what the paraclete does. He comes alongside. So as we go through life, and we deal with all the ups and downs and all the, you know, the twists and turns of life, we're not doing it alone. 
We have a helper. We have a comforter. We have an advocate. We have someone who comes alongside of us. And so here are the five things. The first thing is this. You will be comforted. You will be comforted. John 14, 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do, not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so what this means, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, is we're going to be comforted. And this is very good news for us because we're all broken. We're all wounded. We all go through life and we have baggage. We have hurts. You've been betrayed. You've experienced deep disappointments. We've had things happen. You know, one of the things that happens in this world that wounds us and hurts us is we have these, like, tragedies. We have these horrible events that sometimes come out of nowhere, and and it has this ability. It's like life is this paradox where there's beauty and grace and stuff, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with something that takes all the color out of the world, that just makes everything gray and makes everything hard. And so we need to have the comfort of the whole Holy Spirit, because we all need comfort. And one of the things that we all do is that, and I think this is an important part of the discipleship process, is that we stop turning to, to false comforts and we start turning to the true comfort of the Holy Spirit. Because so many of the pathologies, so many of the difficult, hard things we have in our life, it's not because we say, oh, I want to be a bad person and I just want to, you know, go down this path. It's because we're looking for comfort. And so we turn to things. Maybe, maybe something that you look to for comfort is food, right? And so it's like 11 o'clock at night and you feel empty, you feel broken, you're kind of blah. And so you go to the fridge and you open up the fridge and you, you know, you're not looking at the vegetables, you're not looking at the brown rice, you know. I mean, you're look, we even call it comfort food, right? Because so you want to be comforted. Or maybe you go shopping. You know, a lot of people, they, they seek comfort in just going to Amazon. And they just, there's something about seeing those boxes on their, on their porch when they get home. And they're like, oh, I'm comforted. Or they go to a mall. Do people still go to a mall? I don't know if, they, I see cars in the parking lot at malls. So I guess some people still go. But, uh, but it's, it's a comfort. We're looking for comfort. Or we think like, you know what, every night I've got to have those three or four glasses of wine in order to feel comforted. Or this weekend, I'm just going to like totally check out from the world and just be on my couch and binge TV or, or workaholism where I'm just going to work and work and work and sacrifice my family and everything else. So much of the negative stuff that we do comes back to us trying to comfort ourselves and trying to deal with the pain. But I have good news for you. Jesus has good news for us. He has given us the comforter. One of the things the Holy Spirit will do is comfort you. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and I love this, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And I just want to say, because all of us need comfort, all of us have stuff, all of us have pain, But I know that some of you this morning, some of you right now, and even some of you who are watching the live stream right now, like maybe you're dealing with some really hard stuff. Like you're in a crisis. You're you're dealing with a lot of pain. There's a lot of hopelessness. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit, He is the comforter. And he wants to comfort you. And what he will do, see, the thing is, all the comfort that we seek, whether it's food or alcohol or pills or whatever it is, it's like a surface thing. And a lot of times, it's like an immediate comfort that kind of makes things worse. 
But that's not how the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit will go into the depths of your heart, right down to the core of who you are. He'll get down to the root of that pain, and He will comfort you, and He will let you know that He will never leave you, He will never forsake you, that He is always working, that He's going to cause all things to work together for good, and that, and that no matter what is happening, you are safe and secure in the kingdom of God because you belong to Him, and He is with you. And it is a comfort that goes to a depth, that goes to a place we can't find it anywhere else. And I'll tell you, because of my position, because of my role, I find myself a lot of times with people who are dealing with impossible situations, with people who are dealing with deep pain. Maybe they lost a child. Maybe they lost their spouse. Maybe they just got a cancer diagnosis. Maybe whatever it might be, they're, they're, just, they're struggling. And, and so when I'm in those moments, I try to not have all the answers. I just try to be present. But what I do is I, is I try to remind them that the comforter is here. The comforter is here. And, and I don't have words for you, but the comforter can come and he can minister to that place of brokenness and that place of, that place of pain. And he can give you hope even through the tears, even through the difficulty. And so when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are filled with the comforter. The second thing is this. The second thing that the Holy Spirit will do as we're filled with him is we will know truth. We will know truth. It says this in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. And so the Holy Spirit will teach us. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. One of the things that I think is making life so hard right now, why there's so much anxiety and uncertainty, is the Bible says one of the names for the devil is that he's the father of lies. And I believe that right now in our culture, in so many different ways, the devil is working overtime. The father of lies is working overtime. And there's so many lies that are out there. And what the devil wants you to do is he wants you to build the house of your life on a foundation of lies. And those lies, it's not going to hold up. It's not going to stand. When the winds and waves come, your house is going to go down. But if you build your life on truth, you're going to be building your life on a foundation that's going to enable you to endure, that's going to enable you to get through no matter what happens. And something else that I think kind of marks this time that we live in is there's a lot of arrogance. There's a lot of arrogance because people, we think from our very limited, our very limited perspective, because we have a high-speed internet connection, that we can figure everything out. And so a lot of Christians, a lot of people, they're like, okay, well, God says this, but I don't like this, so I'm going to reject that. I'll take this. I don't want that. We kind of curate it. We think we can have a little of this, a little bit of that. But what we don't understand is that maybe, you know what, there are things about the universe. There are things about our purpose, what it is we're created for. There's, there's things about the problems that we're facing in our life and the problems of this world. There's the reality of the unseen realm. You know, Jesus made it very clear that, yeah, you've got the things right in front of you, but there's an unseen realm. There are angels, and there are demons, and there are principalities, and there are powers, and they come against us, and there's spiritual warfare. There's so much that we don't understand with our limited perspective. And so, and so one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is, is will teach us. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. And it goes on to say, we have the mind of Christ. 
And so we need to have this humility. And we need to have this hunger. And we need to say, Jesus, there's some things I think I understand. There's so much that I don't understand. What I want through your Holy Spirit (coughs) is for you to teach me that my life, my house, my family can be built on a foundation of truth. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to think about things the way Jesus thinks about things. I don't want like bar mentality. I don't want TikTok mentality. I want Jesus mentality. I want to think about life the way Jesus thinks about life. Will you help me? And so what's so interesting about that passage in 1 Corinthians is like whenever, if there's anything that I'm saying, right, that actually penetrates and you understand and it makes a difference, it's not because of what I said or how I said it. It's that the Holy Spirit illuminated it to you. The Holy Spirit showed you and you received because the Holy Spirit is the one who opened up your mind to receive it. If you're reading the Bible, if you're listening to a worship song, if you're having a conversation with a friend where all of a sudden you have that aha moment and the light bulb goes out, that's the comforter. That's the spirit of truth. And I'll tell you, that's one of the things, if we're going to walk in truth and have that as a foundation, is I, I believe it's so important that we have a hunger for the Word of God. So for us as a church, we are built on the foundation of the Bible. We believe that God wanted us to have a book, and we have the book that He wants us to have, and and that it has authority, that what the Bible says is that men through the ages, they didn't just kind of come up with stuff on their own, from their own culture and their own thoughts. It says men moved by the Holy Spirit recorded what it is we have in the Bible. And so it's a book unlike any other book. Hebrews 4, 12 to 13 says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes to whom we must give an account. And so the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. And the more we have, listen, on a practical, this isn't just about all becoming theologians, the more truth you have in the foundation, the more you're able to replace the lies with truth, the stronger your house will be, the stronger your life will be, the, the, the more abundance you'll be living, the more hope and joy and peace you'll have. Something else the Holy Spirit does is He empowers us. And so if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be empowered. It says this in John 15, 26. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And what Jesus is saying there, when you get into the Greek word about what that word testify means, basically what it means is that when you step out and you minister in the name of Jesus, you present the gospel, or you lead worship, or you share your faith, whatever it is, whatever you do, the Holy Spirit will testify. It's not just you in your own, in your own strength doing it. The Holy Spirit will be backing you up. See, Jesus told the disciples, he said to them, listen, guys, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if he was saying that to us, he would say, listen, don't try to do it in your own strength. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. The word there, power, is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. 
So what God is saying is, I'm going to put some dynamite on your life. I'm going to testify. I'm going to back up. There's going to be power. There's going to be an energy. There's going to be, there's going to be strength. There's going to be dunamis that's available to you. And you will be my witnesses. And if he was saying that to us, he'd say, you're going to be my witnesses in North Jersey, in the United States, and even to the ends of the earth. Right, so, But we wait on the power of the Holy Spirit and the reason that the Apostle Paul was able to travel all the world, the known world, and really change the world as he preached the gospel is he understood that he needed the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't try to do it in his own strength. He did it in the power of the Spirit. It says this in 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so what God wants to do, as we're filled with this Holy Spirit, and we have a purpose, and we have a mission, is He wants to back you up. Whatever it is you do, if you're up here, you know, if you're preaching or teaching, that it's not just wise words, but it's a demonstration of the Spirit's power. If you're leading worship, it's not just nice songs that you're singing, but the demonstration of the Spirit's power, all of a sudden it just goes beyond that, and people are drawn and just brought into the presence of God. If you're, you know, teaching kids, or if you're like even like helping with the food bank, Right? If you, as, as, as you're helping with the food bank and you're full of the Holy Spirit, as the cars come through, people will have this experience of saying, you know, I've gone to other food banks and I've gotten good food, but something's different when I come here. There's something different that's happening. There's, there's something they're going to feel drawn. And we've, we've seen that. We've seen, you know, we've seen so many people find their way to the church either because they received food or they knew someone who received food because there's dunamis, there's power that's connected to it. It's not just something we're doing in our own strength. It's his supernatural ability. And I've had times in my life, I've had times in my life, and I've told you some of the stories, but I remember when I was 17 years old. And I was, I was, I gave my life to Jesus and I went, I did like a total 180 in my life and I just, I felt called by God, I wanted to serve Him and I remember I was at this Christian camp down in Texas. It was associated with Keith Green's ministries, if any of you know him, and, and I was so hungry for God. I'm reading books by people like A.W. Tozer and Charles Finney and reading about this, the things of the Spirit. And I grew up in a church that didn't really lean into the Spirit, so I hadn't really seen it, but I was so hungry for it. And I remember sitting on a fence under this beautiful Texas sky, and I'm just crying out to God. I'm like, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want everything that you have for me. And the power of God came. And I just, I remember I got knocked off of that fence, and I'm laying in the grass, and I don't even know how long I'm laying there. But what I can tell you, is I got up different. Like something was different when I got up and I came back from my senior year of high school and, uh, I, you know, the youth group in my church, there was like this revival that went on as God started to move in the lives of all these church kids. And then in my high school, I started a Bible study on Wednesday mornings in the cafeteria and, and I'd have like 30 kids come to it. And I remember there was this Billy Graham crusade that happened at Giant Stadium and I brought like 12 kids from high school to this Billy Graham crusade because I had received dunamis. I had received power. Something was different. And it wasn't just that one time. I've had so many times through my life. I remember when I was commissioned to plant this church. And I was at a regional conference, a Northeast regional conference, like what we hosted this past summer. And all of the kind of OGs who had come out to plant in the 80s, they were all there. And they laid hands on me. And they prayed. And the power of God came. And I was out. I mean, God's power came in such a powerful way. And I had these visions. And God was calling me. And God was telling me, you know, things that he was going to do. And I got up different. 
And I've had all through my life, I've had times, I can tell you, you know, times even in this room and times in my office, times at my house, times at conferences where I've been filled afresh with the Holy Spirit and it makes all the difference. And what I want to tell you is that God has that for you. That's not just for preachers. It's not just for missionaries. It's not just for worship leaders. It's for all of us. Whatever you do in the name of Jesus, whatever you do for him, and we talk all the time here about you discovering your purpose and coming into the plans and purposes that God has for you. God wants to back up whatever it is you do for him with his power with his dunamis in a way that will make a difference so that when you have an opportunity to share your testimony with someone and say, hey, here's what God did for me, there's going to be power on what you're saying. And that person's not going to say, well, that's an interesting perspective from this random person. There's going to be something else, something that draws that person in. And the power of God, it's not just available for you to minister out. It's also available to minister to you. So what I want to say is the power of God... God is real, God is alive, God is powerful. The power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit is available to bring life and restoration to your marriage. The power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit is available to bring life and restoration to your body. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to break the chains of addiction that you have in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to bring you, to fill you with a life and a joy and a strength and a purpose that you can't find anywhere else. Listen, I'll tell you this. I've done, you know, a lot of things in my life, as I'm sure you have. There is nothing. There is nothing that even comes close to knowing that you're stepping out. Like that song we sang, you know, just, just as we step out on the water, that you're stepping out on the water. And God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, is using you to transform a life. That God is using you to, in some way, bring His kingdom, that His kingdom is coming. I want to tell you, there is nothing like it. And God has that for you. i got to be careful or I might start preaching. All right. Here's the fourth thing. You will be convicted. You will be convicted. Jesus said this in John 16, 8. He said, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And so, you know, maybe we don't talk about conviction enough. Maybe, you know, talk about the way the Holy Spirit exposes and points out things in our life. But what you need to understand, right, all of us, when we come to Jesus, we're this like rock. You know what I mean? We're this like unformed rock or we're this lump of clay. And so what God starts doing, when, when He comes into our life, it's not just so we can go to heaven when we die. And yes, I, you know, I don't know if anyone told you, but you get to go to heaven when you die. It's a good thing. But it's so much more than that. Because God is the sculptor. And what He's going to do is He's going to take the anvil, He's going to take the hammer, the chisel, and He's going to start going to work on you. And what He's doing is He is conforming you to the image of Jesus. That's the process. That's what discipleship, that's what life is about, that he's making you more and more like Jesus. And there's the chisel and the hammer, and that's why when we go through hard times, they can be so transformative because God's working with that chisel and he's chipping things away. But we need to understand what God is up to. You need to know that, like, you know, since you've you've been walking with Jesus, you're better than you were, but you still got a long way to go. Right? We all have a long way to go. But what happens a lot of times, like every single one of us, we would all admit and say like, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I messed up. I got, a wrong, I got a long way to go. But when someone in our life points out a way that we've messed up, we get so defensive. 
right? We just like often respond like, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than me? Because we've got shame and stuff and it kind of comes up. But really what we need to know is that, hey, you know what? You're pointing, out, you're pointing out this one wrong thing in me. Let me tell you about the 20 other things that you could be pointing out right now. Because I got a long way to go. Because God is working in my life. He's going to finish what he started. But I'm not done yet. And so a prayer that we pray because we want to become like Jesus. We want to let him do his work. And we realize the Holy Spirit, as he convicts us, he's going to be like, hey, that attitude you have, that's not the the mind of Jesus, right? That that bitterness that you have, we got a little more work to do on forgiveness. Or, you know, that activity, that thing you're doing on Friday night, that's going to lead you down the wrong path. I want to bring you to the path of life, the path of righteousness. That's going to take you somewhere else. And so we understand what God is doing, and we understand the process. And even if somebody comes and they point something out, even if they do it in a bad way, like they're kind of mean about it, that we'd be able to say, all right, you know, I'm going to receive it, and I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to let Jesus, you know, have his chisel and his hammer and see what he's going to do. It says this in Psalm 139, a great prayer for us to pray. The Bible gives us the prayer that we should pray, and it's, search me, God, and know my heart, Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the life everlasting. See, that's what he wants to do. He wants to lead you in the life everlasting. That's what it's all about when he points something out. Because, see, the thing of it is we have so much shame. But we need to know the difference between, the difference between conviction and shame. Right? Conviction What the Holy Spirit will do is he'll put his finger on something specific in your life and he says, hey, I need you, I need a little bit of an attitude adjustment or you need to think differently about this or you need to forgive or this behavior. It'll be about something that you do. Shame is about who we are, right? Shame is when we feel bad about who we are. The Holy Spirit will never shame you because what the Bible says is that he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. If you're in Jesus, you're the righteousness of God. Jesus' righteousness have been, has been given to you. It's imputed to you. Now, there's still a process, and God's working it all out, but as far as he's concerned, see, what happens is we have shame. And so we think if somebody really gets to know me, if if like the mask comes off and people see me for who I really am, they're going to reject me. And so that explains a lot of the defensiveness that we have, a lot of the stuff that goes on. But the Holy Spirit, He knows you inside and out. He knows you better than than you know yourself. And His knowledge of you doesn't make Him draw back. His knowledge of you makes Him run towards you. It says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He loves you. He's for you. You are radically loved. You are accepted in the beloved. He will never shame you, but he will convict you so you can come more and more to the image of Jesus. And we need to welcome it. And we need to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Here's the last thing. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will guide you. He will lead you. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And I think this is so comforting. Because we live in such tumultuous times where there's so many choices that are available. There are so many roads that we can go down. We need to know that we're not on our own. That we're not just trying to figure it out and we're not trying to kind of come up with our own thing. We have a shepherd. We have the good shepherd. 
And the good shepherd knows you by name. And he will, as you allow him, as you yield to the Holy Spirit, he will lead you beside still waters. He will guide you along paths of righteousness. And even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you won't be afraid because you're not going through that valley alone. Your shepherd is with you. His rod and his staff, the, that is the, the equipment of a shepherd. His rod and his staff is comforting you as he guides you, as he leads you. Isaiah, who was the prophet, wrote about, you know, six, seven hundred years before Jesus. He was anticipating the time of the Spirit. And what he said about this time of the Spirit, he says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so the Holy Spirit, the Good Shepherd, will guide us. And so as we come into this season, as we come into this new season, I want all of us to have an openness in our heart, even a hunger in our heart, that we say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Holy Spirit, I need your comfort. Holy Spirit, I need you to teach me. Holy Spirit, I need you to empower me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to search me and convict me. And Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me into the way everlasting. And so I want to ask you to open your heart, especially in this season, Today, right now, we're going to have a moment where we're going to pray. We're going to see what God's going to do. And then we're going to, you know, have the Holy Spirit night, Friday night. I, I would love to see this room filled as we're all coming together and we're seeking to be filled and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And let me just say this. If there's anyone who's here and you have not yet given your life to Jesus... And so I think one of the reasons that people resist Jesus and they run from him is because they think that if they give their life to Jesus, that he's going to shrink their life. It's going to be about, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't do this other thing. You don't realize all the things that you're going to receive, right? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it with abundance. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us that abundance. And so I want, listen, if you've been running from God, or if for some reason you've just been like, yeah, no, I don't want that, I don't want that, maybe, maybe the spirit of truth right now is at work in your heart. And maybe now for the first time, you know, God is giving you faith to believe. And so all you need to do is you just need to say, help me, Jesus. You just need to open your, remember the thief on the cross, all he said, the guy who was, you know, dying next to Jesus, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So all you need to do is open your heart. And I'm telling you, if you open your heart to Jesus, he's going to change your life. He's going to so what happens, you know, the Bible says that, that God can't dwell inside of us because of our sin, because of our brokenness. But when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses us, then we're made righteous. And the Holy Spirit can live inside of us. And the Holy Spirit can bring all the things and more that we've been talking about this morning. And so if you're ready for that, and I think some of you right now, what's happening is God is giving you faith to believe. Maybe you've heard the gospel a million times, but right now the spirit of truth is giving you faith to believe. And I think right now some of you, you might even feel like this, like your heart's beating a little bit faster. Your palms are getting a little sweaty because the Holy Spirit is saying, come to me. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And I want to give you an opportunity to just open the door. And so let's pray this prayer. Let's all close our eyes. And you can pray this prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. Just between you and Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you. 
I've been running from you, but I don't want to run anymore. I don't want to seek comfort in other things. I look to you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross in my place. And so I ask you to forgive all of my sins. Make me clean. I accept your free gift of salvation. Spirit. So you can begin to change me from the inside out. And from here on out, you're my shepherd. And I'm going to follow you into the way everlasting. Keep your eyes closed, but do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer, just raise your hand if you prayed that prayer this morning. If you prayed that prayer to say, yes, Jesus. Okay, praise God. And I'm going to ask you to do one other thing. On your connection card, the physical card on the back, you can check off that you decided to become a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to send you some things in the mail that kind of help you with your next steps and just kind of encourage you. Or you can text follow to 201-584-7188. We're going we're gonna to do a time of ministry, but before we do that, let's, let's have the ushers. We've got, we got baskets that are underneath the seats uh, over there on the, along the wall. And so we can just, so everyone can just remain seated, but we can just kind of pass those baskets through and put your connection card and your offering in there. We'll kind of get this going. Great. Okay, this is working. We're trying to figure out how we can kind of do this better. But um, the, the prayer team got together before the service. And uh, they had a sense of some of the things that God wanted to do, uh, things about healing, a person's feeling uh, fear uh, that you're sick, there's a diagnosis, and it's not only the illness, there's a lot of anxiety, a sense of someone who's experiencing ringing in the right ear, uh, someone who's been feeling a lot of nausea and dizziness, that there are some things where God wants to heal. But I also think that God wants to touch us, that God wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. So let's all stand for a moment. Let's stand. And I just want to invite you, you don't have to do this, but if you want to, just open up your hands like this. And the thing about being like this, it's kind of a posture to receive something. And so in your heart right now, just say, come Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. And so I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and that you would sweep through this room right now. And Lord, you see the hearts of of all your children and you see our hunger for you. And Lord, if if there's a hunger for you, we didn't come up with that on our own. You gave it to us. And so would you satisfy the hunger that you created and just be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Receive his comfort. I think some of you right now, you're you're just so aware, kind of dialed into your pain and dialed into the disappointments that go deep. And maybe you've dealt with it in some ways in the past, but right now the Holy Spirit wants to go deeper. The Comforter wants to get in to the disappointment that you've carried because of your divorce or the pain that you've carried because life hasn't worked out the way that you hoped it would. The the things in your heart that lead to fear and anxiety that's kind of plaguing your life. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is here right now. And He wants to comfort you. So we say, come Holy Spirit, come Comforter. Come and do what only you can do. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so receive the joy that comes from the comfort of the Holy Spirit. God, I bless your presence. 
I pray for more right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it come. Let it come. And God, as I know, as I look out of this room and I see so many people who want to serve you, so many people who want to make a difference in this world who are coming into their purpose, God, we just proclaim that we need your power. God, we need your dunamis. God, we don't want it to be in our own strength. We don't want it to be through wise, persuasive words or anything that we bring to the table. We want it to be about what you bring to the table. So Holy Spirit, come right now and empower us for ministry. Empower us to do what it is you're calling us to do, not in our strength, but in your strength. And so come, Holy Spirit. Come right now. Fill us. Empower us. Touch us. And just push out the distractions and just right now, just between you and God, say, God, I need you. God, I need you. I need more. I need more of you. And just receive what it is he has for you. Because he's present. He's here right now. And some of you right now, I think you can feel that comfort of kind of going deep. And so God, I bless what you're doing. Get into the pain, God. Get into the disappointments. Get into the hurts. Get into it. Bring the comfort that only you can bring. Let it come. Let it come. In Jesus' name. Let it come. And God, we cry out for power. Lord, I pray that you would empower your church, that we would minister in the dunamis and the power that only comes from you. So more Holy Spirit. God, we bless your presence. Lord, would you just sweep through this room right now and empower us to serve you. Lord, your power, your might, in Jesus' name. And some of you right now, you're feeling, you're beginning to feel like the Holy Spirit, because he's power, you can sense him, you can feel him. And so maybe you're feeling like a heat that's on your hand. That's God anointing your hands for service, for healing. Maybe it's, you know, some of you might be feeling almost like a tingling on your lips. That God will do that sometimes where he's anointing your words so that the words you say, however you proclaim, he's going to testify. He's going to back up what you're saying with his power. Some of you might, this might feel kind of weird, but you're feeling something in your feet because the Bible says, you know, blessed are the feet that bring good news. And so maybe God is equipping you for evangelism. God is equipping you. And however it is, you're going to bring the good news of Jesus. And so God, we bless your presence right now. And we say more, Holy Spirit. More, let it come. And we just do one more thing. And then we'll be done. But I want to give those of you who are hungry, those of you who maybe you're sensing something, feeling something, I want to invite you to come up. I would invite you just even, you know, that hunger to just be displayed by saying, I'm going to get out of the comfort of my seat and I'm going to go up and I'm just going to publicly say, God, I want more of you. God, I need more of you. God, I want you to fill me. So I just want to invite you to come up and we're going to spend a few more moments just laying hands on some people and blessing what God is doing and just say, more Holy Spirit, let it come. So come on up. We'll just, just for a couple more moments. Those of you who are going to be leading life groups, those of you who are ministering, come on up. And let's say, God, we as a people, God, we just look to you and we just ask that you would fill us. We ask that you would empower us in new and fresh ways. So come, Holy Spirit. God, we bless your presence. Let it come, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. More Holy Spirit. Let it come.
pray for the comforter. We pray for the power. We pray for the knowledge. We pray for, the, for all of it, God. Some of you are facing decisions in your life. You need the guide, the shepherd, the Holy Spirit to come and guide you into what he has for you. So let it come. More, Lord, we bless your presence. You don't have to do anything. Just that posture of saying, God, I want everything you have for me. I feel that some of you, God has given you promises in your life. And there are things that you felt, things that you thought he said to you about life and ministry, and it hasn't worked out. And God is reminding, he's renewing those promises, that anointing, that calling that's in your life. And saying, this is a new season. And I'm going to finish the work that I started. And there were some roadblocks and there were some detours. But I'm going to make a way even where there is no way. So God, we bless your presence. Let it come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it come. We bless your power. We bless your presence. Thank you, Lord. More, God. More. More. Thank you. I can just see the comforter doing his work. Comforting as only he can. Yeah. More, more, more. Let it come. Let it come. See, his comfort goes deep, and it stirs stuff up. It's part of the process. So, Lord, we welcome you. Thank you, Jesus. More, more, God. More. Let it come. You don't have to do anything. Just receive. Receive what he has for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with comfort. Receive truth. Be empowered. Be conformed to the image of Jesus. And be led by your shepherd. Let it come. Let it come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. 